I'm really excited. As many of you know, we've been doing a discipleship training course on both Sunday night and Monday night, and we have people flying in from all over the country. So I'm really blessed today. Uh, one of the favorite speakers at YWAM. He's been with YWAM. He's been in uh, in many countries. Uh, I'm not going to say how many. Anyway, he's been in many countries. He's been in over 40, uh, 40 countries, and he's been in, I don't know how many states, but almost, I think, all of them. But, but anyway, uh, more than that, uh, he's one of the favorite speakers at Youth with a Mission, and I've gotten to know Dean over the years. So would you give Jesus a great hand as Dean, as Dean Sherman comes? By the way, in case I forget, there's buckets in the back. Anybody that would like to give in to his ministry, make sure you, you, uh, you can give anything that goes in there. You can make it out to the rock, and it goes to Dean. So bless you, buddy. Yeah, don't interrupt the service or anything and go back and give me money while I'm trying to preach, but just wait till the end. How many of you if, if, will not put your name and phone number on that card unless the pastor promises us we'll be in his favorites? I'll give you my name and phone number if you can promise me I'll be in your favorites. <laughs> he's, he's laughing sort of nervously. I don't know what that means. Good morning. Is it still morning? <clears throat> this church has a relational spirit. Now, I've been doing this for a half a century, 50 years, I've been in hundreds of churches all over this planet, and the spirit in most churches is institutional. It's like attending a convention. But I want to commend you because there is a different spirit in this place, and it's, very, it's really family. Right. I tell you that not just to compliment you, but because I want, I, we need to work on that. That is what God wants to do with his church today is make us a family, not a convention. I don't know where we ever got this idea of staring at somebody's neck for an hour and a half in church. The early church met every day in homes around food. Somebody kicked out the food and brought in pews. Wouldn't you like to kill that guy? <laughs> so now we study, how does she do that with her hair? <laughs> I love your logo. Is that what it is? That says, real community. That is so much better a description of what God wants us to be than the church. Amen. We are the church. We're the body of Christ. We're all of these things. But real community is what has great power. I have ministered to thousands of people who attend church regularly and are lonely I have ministered to thousands of people who don't go to church anymore because they got hurt at the church. 
Now, I'm just, I'm just reminding you of that because we need to work on those things. Why do you think God put humans here in the first place? One of the reasons we don't uh, have a lot of passion and purpose, but rather we just kind of attend church because we're Christians and because we're supposed to and because we're, uh, we want to be in some worship service or something, but we need to heighten our passion for being who we are. And one of the way, and one of the reasons human beings get in so much trouble, get into materialism or get into some kind of uh, cause that is causing problems on the planet, is because we don't know why God created us and put us here. We are here for more than attending meetings. We are here for more than worshiping God. If God made us to worship him, that would have been selfish, and God is not selfish. So why did God make us? We can find this out biblically by going back to the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 26, 27. Let us make man in our image and likeness, and let them rule. Some versions say, I give them dominion. And then it says, over the birds, over the fish, over the animals, over the whole of creation, take care of the garden. We were put here for environmental reasons. Isn't that interesting? We were put here to take care of things. We have a job. We're to rule here. We're in charge. God's the CEO, we're the plant manager. He has delegated authority to humans. That will give you purpose and passion and realize that it's not just to enjoy the presence and learn Bible verses. That's just a, an ability, that gives us the ability to do this. So the two reasons God put humans here is, number one, to manifest his image, his life. God is all about life because God is life. God has always been alive. Life has always existed. For eternity, there was no death. There's not going to be any death on the other end of eternity where you and I are going. Whosoever believes would not perish but have everlasting life. Everybody say life. God created us to live. That's why he gave you a sense of smell, sense of taste, sense of hearing, sense of seeing. Live. Some people think that uh, the hereafter is going to be one great big church service. I'm not going if it is, because I'll have to speak. <laughs> What are we going to do in heaven? Live. How do you know? Because God is about life. When God became a human, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the? I'm the resurrection and the? I have come to give you abundant? 
Live the life of God. That's why you're here. God made a sculpture out of mud. Just think about this. All humans were, to begin with, was a mud sculpture. Then God breathed into that mud, and all at once we could write symphonies, make microchips, make the combustion engine, make electronic keyboards. Quite a breath into a piece of mud, wouldn't you say? When Paul was speaking to the Athenians in Acts chapter 17, he said, this unknown God that you are worshiping is the God that made everything, and he gave to all men, all humans, life and breath. Every human out there has value because they have the life of God in them. All the single women in, the, women in this place, write it down. Without God's breath, men are simply dirt bags. <laughs> That's biblical, sorry. <laughs> the life in you is not just human life. It's God's life. It all came from God. He started this thing in motion. And then he gave us the ability to make life called having babies. Isn't that amazing? We have life phase one that's always been. We have life phase two, God breathing into the mud. Then we have life phase three where those two can, two people can get together in relationship and make a unique new life that has never existed before. Woo! It's all about life, guys. So we're here to manifest God's life, to, go, to manifest God's image. And secondly, we're here to rule. In Psalm chapter 8, it says, what, what is man? Why, why do I care about man? When I see the heavens and the earth and all the things you've created, the works of your fingers, I think, why do you care about man, God? A lot of us have had that. You know, I'm not important. I've really screwed up my life. So God's probably not even interested in me. I have counseled thousands and thousands of people and indeed in my own life didn't think God really cared particularly about me, that I was insignificant. And that was a problem even in David's day because he says, when I see how great you are, God, I think, Why, what, what is man that you even think about him? What is the son of man that you even care about him? Guys, don't put yourself down to put God up. He's already up. Quit trying to be less so God is more. He's already more, so you don't have to be less to make him more. You are not junk. You are the life of God, phase two. You are God 2.0. Amen? God's life was imparted into you. You have value, worth. 
Now, this is what it says. What is man? Who gives a rip about man? He's nothing after we see how great God is. And sometimes we have that in worship services where God is everything and we're just nothing. We're never nothing. You don't have to be nothing to make God something. God is God. We're not. But we are who we are. We're his children. We're his bride. So it answers this question. You have made man a little lower than the angels. This is Psalm 8. A little lower than the angels and crowned him with glory and honor. Turn to a human and say, glory to you. Isn't that uncomfortable? You feel sacrilegious for using the word glory on a human, don't you? Sorry, it's the Bible. He crowned us with glory and honor. Don't let there be any human you don't honor. Democrats, Republicans, Muslims, Hindus, politicians, lawyers, <laughs> preachers. People that get pregnant in the wrong time in the wrong place. Honor every human because they really do have honor. God gave us honor and glory. And then it says, you have given him ruler, made him a ruler over all the works of your hands. Humans were put here to rule everything God has made. And to put all things underneath his feet. That means taking authority over. Taking authority over. It's used again in Romans chapter 16. He will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. God is the only one that can crush Satan. But notice where, notice where he crushes Satan. Underneath human feet. You see it? We are here to rule. Now, not only are we to rule over all the works of his hands, notice the fact that Satan was already here. We don't know when he came, how he came necessarily. There's lots of theories. I'm the only one that's right. But I'm not going to tell you what, what it is. Um, but he, all we have is a narrative in the book of Genesis that says that Eve took a walk one day and was talking to a particular animal that was very cunning called a serpent. So evidently animals talked with humans in those days. So that didn't come from Shrek or Eddie Murphy's movies. <laughs> Came from the Garden of Eden. So Satan was already here. Disobedience had already happened. Hey, humans, you're not the original sinners after all. Somebody had already disobeyed God and was thrown out of heaven because of it. So sin's already been committed in the universe before we're, we were even created. Satan was here, sin had already been committed, and death was here. Again, we don't know where it came from. We don't know how it came, why it's there. 
We just know that God said to Adam and Eve, of all the trees of the garden you may freely eat. Everybody say freely. Does everybody see what kind of a God we have? Get down, party, enjoy. This is our God. That's why you have taste. That's why you have smell. That's why you like touch and to be touched. Touch and to be touched is because God made us for life, enjoyment. Part of the anointing of Jesus Christ is to give the oil of joy for mourning. God does care about how you feel. Don't listen to these preachers who say God doesn't care about your happiness, only your holiness. Actually, it's both. And you'll be happier when you're holy. <laughs> Whew, it's really quiet again. What happened? God put us here to rule over the works of his hands, but also to rule over sin, Satan, and death. We were put in the garden as gatekeepers. We are the only ones that can let evil in. That's why the serpent came to the humans, not to the elephants and the banana trees. Because the only way Satan can get anything done in this planet is to come through a human. Because you're in charge. You're the doorway. How much evil is there in Castle Rock? I know precisely how much evil there is in Castle Rock, Colorado. There's this much. How much is this much? Exactly the amount human beings living and dead have allowed to be here by their sin and selfishness. Because that's the only doorway through which evil comes. Satan cannot do stuff on his own. He does everything through humans. Which is why every human needs to learn about spiritual warfare because that's on 24-7. We're the only ones that can pollute the rivers. Other animals don't do that. Other plants don't do that pollute the air, and we're the only ones that can clean it up. We have an authority here that nobody else has, no other part of creation has. So we need to step up to being, to doing the job God gave us to do, not just to say what's life all about and now I'm 70 and what's, what are we here for? We have purpose, we have intention, we have responsibility here on God's behalf. Now, we see that Jesus told us when he rose from the dead, he said, all authority in heaven is given unto me. You go and I will be with you till the end of the age. When Joshua went into the promised land, God said, Joshua, you will lead these people in. You will, human. So be strong and very courageous. The word courageous there is, is step up to rulership. Step up to responsibility. Be courageous. Take your leadership position. 
lead, Joshua. And the reason you can be strong and courageous is because I, the almighty sovereign God, will be with you, human, wherever you go. I've had people out on outreaches in various parts of the world, and somebody will come up to me and say, I don't think God's in this. We can't just make our plans and expect God to bless them. Actually, we can. The character of this God is, I will be with you wherever you go. Matthew 28, for the New Testament, Joshua chapter 1, be strong and very courageous, Joshua, because I, God, will go with you wherever you go. Isn't that cool? Now, how do we live the image of God? Because if we live the image of God and God's life, then we have authority to rule. Well, what is, God, what is God's image? God is us and our. Let us make man in our image, plural. So what, who is God? He is a relationship. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So relationship has always been. It never had a beginning. Just like life didn't have a beginning. That's why scientists are never going to find out where life came from because it's always been. Didn't have a start. And relationship has always been. Relationship is the most valuable thing in the universe, A, because it's the nature of God, and B, because it's eternal. I was introduced to you a few minutes ago in this room. So you and I have crossed a threshold of relationship. It's not a very close one yet. Some of you don't want it to be any closer. That's okay. That's why they put me up here and put you in the dark so I can't really see you anyway. <laughs> but we have a relationship, and what began here, when your pastor introduced me a few minutes ago and I waltzed up here on this platform, will never end. A trillion years from now in eternity, you cannot say, I don't know who Dean Sherman is. I can't say, I don't know you because we have crossed that line and cannot ever go back. Relationships are eternal. Relationships are more valuable than anything else in the universe. Relationships are as valuable as the two people that make them up. How do you know that's true? Because Jesus said to the Pharisees and scribes, your law says you shall not murder. Well, why is murder serious? Because of the value of human life. But Jesus said, I say to you, if you hate your brother, same thing as murder. Whoa. Breaking relationship, knowingly, willingly, and permanently, is as serious as breaking somebody's skull with an axe said Jesus Christ. Relationships have value because they are the essence of God himself. 
Because God is relationship, the image of God has to be relationship. So God made man, this is verse 27, Genesis 1. So God made man in his likeness and in his image, male and female, he made them. Everybody say them. The image of God is not a he. The image of God is not a she. No single, no solitary independent individual is the full image of God. Can I say that again? No solitary independent individual is the full image of God. Now there's a difference between being alone and independent. Alone is a state of being. Independence is an attitude. So don't feel like you're independent just because you're alone somewhere. Jesus went on the mountain alone But when he went on the mountain alone, he still had his mother, he still had his disciples, he still had his relationships. I travel alone, but I'm still married. At least my wife tells me that every time I leave. Remember, you're married. Okay. I am accountable. I'm responsible. Even to you people, because I've been here teaching you the word of God. So relationships have to be taken into consideration even when I'm alone. Independence is cutting yourself off from relationships. Now, relationships are valuable and need to be worked on and strengthened because, and therefore, Satan has one agenda. This whole spiritual warfare thing is really simple, guys. Satan only has one agenda. Break down relationships between man and God, between man and man, and man and himself. Break down relationships is all Satan's doing. Everybody think of a word for sin in your mind right now. Anything you're thinking of that is genuinely called sin is a form of bad relating. You don't have to use the word sin. All you, you can also, if somebody you're witnessing to doesn't believe in sin, say, okay, lack of love. It's the same thing. You know what sin is? Bad relationships. Now, God only has one agenda. Therefore, guess what? Good relationships. God is always working for good relationships between us and him and between us and each other and us and ourselves. That's why the whole Bible can be summed up in love God, love neighbor as self. Six times it says that in the New Testament. Sum up the whole law and the prophets in love, neighbor, as self. Good relationship. Christianity as a religion is very simple. A restoration of relationship. Notice Jesus Christ did my message this morning. He hung on a cross. What did he do on that cross? Ruled over Satan, sin, and when you add the resurrection, death. The same three things I told you that we were put over. We blew it. We opened the door. We didn't rule. When Eve went out there and met the serpent, this was her first opportunity to rule and keep death 
sin and Satan out of the perfect environment. She didn't rule, she allowed it in. So Jesus Christ comes and becomes a man. Why did Jesus, why did God have to become a man? Because this rulership and authority was given to a man. God had given it away to us. So the only way to get it back is to become a man yourself. Does everybody see why God became a man? Now, what did Jesus Christ do before he climbed up on the cross and ruled over sin, Satan, and death? 30 years. What did he do? One thing, relate. See what gave him authority to rule over sin, Satan, and death? When we living the image of God, we then have authority to rule over. God is almighty. Where, where do you get almightiness from? His love, his relationship is what gives him the authority. Jesus lived in a human family, was responsible in relationships. He went to a human synagogue school. He played well with others in Nazareth. He passed up some really hot-looking chicks when he was 18, 19, and 20. Although he was tempted in all ways like we are. Then when he came to his ministry time, he was not a monk. He had a community. Seventy people traveled with Jesus everywhere he went. He sent out the seventy. It wasn't just twelve. And not only did he work as a team and community, he also approached the, non, the unsaved by relationship. He ate with sinners. Wow, what a novel idea. Jesus started with relationship. And the relationship with the people is what opened them, had them drop their guard to receive truth. Guys, let's stop pushing people away that we disagree with relationally. That's the enemy's agenda. And it's not Christian. Jesus started by eating with. Not saying you're wrong. Amen? Amen. To the degree that we live in good relationship, we will rule. Everybody say, love rules. If we could flip a switch in Castle Rock, Colorado, and bring everybody into right relationship with God, right relationship to others, Satan could do nothing in this town. Amen. Guys, that's how much authority and power we have. And so that's the reason Satan works, so that so many people are hurt in the church. Every marriage comes under attack. Every family comes under attack. Some races feel superior to other races. Do you see what he's doing? We've got to notice this and say, no way. Our church is more, is better than the other churches. 
See, you guys are moving on this path so well by praying for Epiphany Lutheran this morning and, and uh, loving one another and the singing happy birthday to the pastor is as important in here as what I'm saying. I'm just explaining that. But that's the actual thing. Because that makes family and closeness and trust and love. So it's right to do those kind of things. Everybody put your hands out in front of you in a posture of receiving. Everybody say, Lord God, thank you for reminding me why I'm here. I am going to step up to my responsibility. I will, by your grace, manifest your image, be in good relationships with everybody. I'm going to humble myself, forgive people, repent, keep the relationships tight between me and you, between me and other people. Lord, help me to walk in love towards all. Be relational. In Jesus' name, I step up to ruling. I will, I will get rid of evil. I won't let it in. And when it's in, I will take authority to push it back out. I will be responsible for this planet, for you, O oh God. Amen.